Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So today, as usual, we're bringing on, yes, yet another new guest co-host for you. And uh, 2019 is cranking along. So I just want to remind you all for the newer listeners, uh, make sure you check out Live the Fuel on your iTunes and pop us a review if you're listening to this show for the first time because I'm trying to hear how we're doing and it's been two and a half years and I keep getting great feedback, but I'm always open for more new ones. So I got another great new guest co-host for you guys. We talk a lot about health, business, lifestyle, and for those who are regular listeners, they know I geek out about psychology because I only minored in it. Uh, but let, let me give you a quick little skinny on this our new guest co-host today. So licensed psychologist. All right, there we go. We got some reputation here. Inspiring author, nationally recognized expert who's featured regularly on TV and radio. So she gets around here and as well as daily mail, Huffington post and one of my faves entrepreneur. Uh, So she's here today to share her expertise from nearly two decades of clinical training and practice uh, to help each of you break free of the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back and rise up to live the life you were born to live. Without further ado, the author of But It's Your Family, Dr. Campbell, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And do you prefer Doc, do you prefer Mrs. Campbell, do you prefer Sherry? What what are we going with today? I get Doc, I get Dr. Sherry. You could call me whatever, I'm good. (laughs) I'm easy, I don't have any ego about having a PhD. I just did more school, that's that's all. (laughs) And, and so, some of us become lifelong learners. I actually hated school when I was younger, and now I can't stop studying and learning and being a lifelong learner. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm in that same with you. I almost yeah. didn't pass three grades. So, when did you do your PhD? Did you do it younger or older? I was young, so okay. I was 26 to 33. It's a long, yeah, 20, 28 to 33. It's a long five years, five and a half years. So yeah, I had a chat with another guest coach about a month ago and he was like, yeah, I didn't get around to doing the PhD thing until he's in his fifties. So it's interesting. I was the youngest one in my program. Oh, there you go. So what was, so in that time, what was your program titled then? It's PhD in clinical psychology. It's a doctor of philosophy and psychology. Oh, it does combine the two. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. See, I, I, when I was at the university, I started geeking out about philosophy and then I started taking some psych classes and all of a sudden the psych just clicked because I kept acing the classes. So I was like, okay, there's something good here. Yeah, <laughs> I like this. Beef up the GPA. <laughs> good, right. All right. So, all right. Clearly, you must love what you do. You obviously became an author and you love to speak as I do. So we like to speak about things we care about. So why... Let's just jive right in. Why, but it's your family as far as a title? Because I am a marketing guy and I love when people create fun, whimsical names to catch your eye for books. So why made you just go right for that? Because I had to cut ties with uh, my my family. And um, in the process of doing that, and I would be trying to explain myself, I would get, but they're your family. (laughs) But it's your family, you know, letting me know that this was not going to be allowed and it was somehow very wrong. And so I got that all the time. But it's your family, but it's your mother, but it's your father, you know. So it it seemed appropriate to have it, but it's your family. Hmm. Well, it's interesting because I think actually one of my professors 
you can actually agree or disagree on this one. My, one of my professors, I remember, he said, listen, Sky, he's like, and actually the class, he said, you know, you're going to find throughout life, especially if you continue to bounce around the psychological world, you know, the psychology or psychiatrist world, they said, more often than not, the professional you're speaking to has their own little backstory. <laughs> and, yes. and usually the, that's why they chose that profession because it is so personalized and it is some, something passionate to them that they want to not just help you, but they also want to deal with their own stuff. Would you, I'm clearly, I'm, I'm guessing you're agreeing with this. Oh, completely. I mean, I'm a shrink who sees a shrink. Okay. There we go. Right. So I feel like one, I would never want to follow a leader who'd never suffered. Mm. Um, and, and two, I, I can really only get my patients as well as I get myself. So I, I'm, I love self-examination though. I, I think it's a really beautiful process and it only makes my life more abundant and it makes me much better at what I do, how I feel about me. So I'll never not be doing some form of therapy or self-development. I love the tie to the leadership thing because uh, a lot of people feel that, oh, well, once you've reached this, uh, this plateau, right, uh, they, it, that you've leveled off. And I, I truly yeah. believe that there should never be a leveling off. It's okay. You're going to have like a leveling off period. And then you have to find a new influencer to take you to the next plateau or the next, next uh, ascension, so to speak. And I think a lot of us are afraid of that because or they look at, they, they look at somebody, put them on a pedestal. And it's like, no, no, no they are still human. It's okay. Yeah. Like, I tell you all the time, like if you're working with a coach, one of the first questions I've asked coaches I've worked with is, I say, hey, guys, who's your coach? If, you, if they don't have a coach, that means they think they know everything. I agree right? 100%. And I'm very much of a coach. I'm not your passive listener, canned psychologist who regurgitates back to you what you feel and you feel even more crazy when they're doing that. I jump in. I believe people are tr wanting to see me because I have a solution, not because I just have two great ears that can listen. I can do both but they want a solution and they yes. want answers. And that's what I am very much a coach more than probably the canned classical therapist that you would think of when you think of therapy. Well, so that's interesting. Let's pause on that. So there is obviously the classical, you know, professional therapy or therapist role. And then obviously you're tying into the importance of a coaching role. And so in a, in a clinical domain, are you guys like expected to help every person who comes in the door because I know in the coaching world, I've coached people and I'm like, listen, I have a choice. If I don't see you fitting, I'm not going to work with you because I want you to find somebody who can work with you the right way. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't, it's not about the money, right? It's about that relationship. So in a clinical therapist world, do you have to help every person who comes in the door until they burn that out? No, I turn many people away actually. Okay. I turn a lot of people away. Uh, if, if someone really needs an active listener and they're not ready to grind, mm. then I am not the right person for them. If you're going to come in my office, you're going to grind. I'm an athlete. Uh, it's the only way I know. I've had coaches my whole life and um, I, I, I'm, I want solutions. I want to see something. And, and there are times or in, in people's spaces in life that uh, they're not ready for solution as much as they're ready just to be listened to or really taken care of. And I can take care of people, but my job, my, my feeling is I'm there to teach them to take care of themselves. And mm -hmm. so I do a lot of coaching and I'm not right for everybody. Well said. And well, especially you, you threw a key word out there, which I love, by the way, you, you toss in the grind factor, right? And that buzzword is being tossed around so much on social media these days, the hustle, the grind. And I love the fact that you're using it not to saying, oh, I'm hustling and I'm grinding, but you're trying to say, listen, no, if you're, if you're serious about getting help or trying to work through your concerns or issues, 
if you want to work with me, they'd be ready to dive in and grind. I like this. I like this. So they got to grind. Because has it always been that way? Yes, for me, I've always been that way. I, I don't know another way. Uh, I have a waiting list out my door, so I must be doing something right. Um, <laughs> well, you, you know, got like what, 20 shrink. years, you know, I mean, you know. I shrink, I'm a shrink and I am also writing for entrepreneur, right? So um, I have another book out called Success Equations. So it's, it's uh, about emotional wealth and establishing, how do you establish that? Um, okay. Because fame and money aren't doing it. As we can look at the tragedy of Kate Spade, uh, she had it all and she took her life. So I think there's got to be something deeper and more meaningful. And grinding, if, if you want to grind hard, you've got to get into your heart and where your hurts are and change your limiting beliefs. So it's interesting how you brought in obviously somebody who has a well-known name. And there's been a lot of well-known names. This is what, 2019 right now we're recording this, right? There's been a lot of famous, successful, well-known names out there. People like amazing comedians who change people's lives like Robin Williams and all oh. these amazing people who... Okay, they've 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 ground, so to speak. They've ground their whole career, right? They've hustled, they climbed up to the top, so to speak. But yet, clearly, there were some missing components along the way, and obviously, that eventually got the best of them, unfortunately. Yes. And they unfortunately took their own lives. It's very sad, and it's you don't have to be a famous, successful person for us to be talking about this. There's so many other people who are just as successful, maybe in their own goals and their own lives. And maybe mm -hmm. they're not on TV and they still, this still happens. I literally, as you and I are recording this, I just got back uh, uh, literally at the beginning of the week from, from my wedding. So I finally got married. Aw, congrats. Uh, thank you. And I'm rocking my, my Revelstoke uh, Mountain Canada. <laughs> I see Canada. that. And well, we, we did a heli skiing themed wedding. Uh, so you should, you and I are vibing today cause I'm a big athlete guy. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing tuxedos. We're not doing wedding dresses. Well, you're going to love me even more cause I grew up in Vail, Colorado. Oh, well, we, we go out there every year. So my, yeah. my, my fiance, well, sorry, not fiance anymore, wife. Uh, I think he's saying that. Um, I used to have this ring on my hand too. But <laughs> she, her parents have a house in Edwards and I used to live in Golden. And so we go out every year and say, hey, you got a house to crash at? Yeah, so her parents, they live out yeah. there half the year. And uh, yeah, so they have, um, uh, they're members at the Sebastian. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so I grew up there from two years old until I graduated high school. And you still go back? I do go back. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, once Look you go up there, you don't really want to ski anywhere else, you know what I mean? It's, I will say, okay, so I was, a race, I was a ski race coach for 11 years, so mm -hmm. uh, in my, one of the many things I did in my free time when I wasn't in my professional jobs, and I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, the, I'm like, you know, you're, you're carrying a bundle of race skates on your shoulder, skiing down the mountain and setting race courses and helping the kids race and everything. And Vail's got an amazing race program there. And then I started dating her and then we start going out to Vail. And when I lived in Colorado, I never went to Vail. I would go back country with my mountaineering friends and everything else. So there was definitely sure. a cultural shift oh, yeah. <laughs> that had to happen because then her, you know, her parents joined this place called the Sebastian. I'm like, what is that? And I pull in. And these people take your car keys and they go park your car for you and they take your gear. And I'm like, where are you going with my gear? They're like, oh, we'll shuttle that up to the gondola. And I'm like, well, how do I get it by the gondola? They're like, oh, we have a storefront up there. You just walk through the village and come get your stuff. And it, the boots are on the boot warmers. They bring your skis. I'm like, what? Look, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> pampered. I don't even feel like I'm, I'm roughing it. And I, I literally had a rough time with it. The first season, I'm like, this. Is, I, 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 I was like, I'll carry my own stuff, okay? It's a, I'm <laughs> yeah. a former firefighter. I can carry my own stuff. So it took me a couple of years to culturally adapt. And, uh, you know, I'm a farm kid turned corporate guy turned 
I was a, I was a hotshot wildland firefighter out West and oh wow, I've done a lot of crazy stuff. I'm not sure if yeah. you know, but, uh, so Exciting. that's why fire is in our logo. So, um, but <laughs> it's anyway, just pausing on the veil thing was just fun because I, this is why we have an open conversation. I never know what's going to come out of my co-host mouth. I'm like, Oh, Colorado girl. So that's so right. You, and you see, that's born funny. in Colorado. Born in Denver. Then I so lived in Leadville. You're a rare native. You're native. a gem. <laughs> yeah, I'm rare. And I lived in Leadville for a couple of years. That little where, you know, where the Leadville 100 is, the race. Oh, I know. Um, I did a qualifier for that. Nice. Well, I so quali- I qualified, well, the mountain bike version, not the right. Running. Yeah, I did, I did a qualifier down in Texas and, and I had my medal somewhere. Uh, but then I was, it wasn't qualified enough to go do the level 100. So yeah, you, you, you climb quite a few feet and drop quite a few feet in altitude. So yeah, yeah so Ripon Vale, I, I moved from Leadville to Vale and then was there, you know, my whole life. So well, if, you're a, if you're a Leadville girl, man, you can handle the altitude and that's 10,000 feet. So yeah, I can't really do that now on the first day I took, did, I made a mistake with my daughter and she was vomiting. So um, yeah, yeah. we uh, a couple of years ago we were joking around about this because this was a two week trip over the past couple of weeks. We were in um, we, we went to, well the wedding was in Banff at Sunshine Village, and then the second week just just a core group of our friends stayed longer with us. We went and rented a house over in Revelstoke, and we did uh, so we did cat cat skiing there, but we did heli skiing the week before. So it's just so a lot of skiing, like you know a lot of skiing, and um, it's just funny to, to compare that to Colorado because I was readapting to the altitude again and everything else. We yeah. were joking around about years ago. We made the mistake of going, flying into Denver. All of us yeah. now that I'm back living on the East coast got, I didn't realize the acclimation and I know <laughs> I, I've hiked 14 ers when I lived in Colorado. So yeah. like, I, I understand altitude sickness and everything else, but we just didn't think about it. We said, Oh, let's, instead of going right to Vail, let's stop in Breck, rent a house for a few days and then continue on the Vail. Well, the house we rented was at 10,000 feet. So <laughs> like you literally get out of the, leave DIA, you drive into the mountains and within 24 to 48 hours, you're, you're sleeping at altitude. And that was not a good idea. <laughs> no, it's not a good idea. You need 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, guys, we should have stayed in Denver for like uh, just a night, you know, maybe got yeah. a dinner, had a big, big fat steak or something for some red meat for the B vitamins or what? I mean, uh, an iron. Yeah, You need B12. Dogs. That's for sure. You need a lot of B12. There's a, a supplement called adapt. You can get at REI that will, adapt you to the altitude. So that's another, another okay. thing. We're meant to talk. I mean, dude, I, <laughs> I know, the right? REI in downtown Denver is one of those rare flagship REI stores. It's yes. a massive old power plant building. Yes. Oh, you're making me miss Colorado right now. Sorry. I know me too. Me too. <laughs> well, gosh, darn it. You live in California. It's not the end of the world. Oh, I'm spoiled out here. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't scrape snow off my car for another day if I didn't have to. I'm very happy out here. I like to visit the snow now. Now, are you coastal or are you up in the higher grounds? No, I'm coastal. I'm in Irvine, so I'm 20 oh, minutes nice. from, from the beach. Oh, yeah. That's a good spot. Oof. Yeah, I love it. One of my top favorite areas is San Diego, though. Oh, that weather's so amazing. It's just Yeah, San Diego's great. I love San Diego. Yeah, I got to be sta- – well, the first time I went to San Diego, I was stationed there. Well, it was weird. They stationed us in San Diego for wildfires. I'm like, you're going to put me right by Ocean Beach in San Diego? And they said, well, just take advantage of it. It's only one day, and then we're going to take you into the remote you know, national parks for actual yeah. assignment. I'm like, hey, I got here for a day. I'm, I'm game on. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. But listen, let's get back on point. You, you, I, you brought up 
I brought the first book. You just brought the second book. Let me do some screen sharing here, ladies and gentlemen, for the video watchers, because I want to make sure the listeners hear it too. This is always in the show notes on the website for livethefuel.com for her episode, but it's Dr. Sherry Campbell with the PB in it, dot uh, com. But I was just doing some screen sharing also on the books that are on Amazon and all over the place. Yeah. But here it is, Success Equations, A Path yeah. to an Emotionally Wealthy Life. So actually, I didn't check the dates. Which one came first? Uh, Success Equations dropped in October. and oh, my so uh, most recent. Okay. Yeah, my new book drops April 9th. And you have another one. one? Yep, that one drops April 9th. Okay, so, okay, so we have But It's Your Family. Yep. We have Success Equations. Yes. And what's the other one? Uh, the other one is Loving Yourself, The Mastery of Being Your Own Person. I wrote that like 12 years ago, but I have two books in the lane right now too. So I've got two more coming out. Somebody likes to write. Okay. Somebody really likes to write. Yeah. And, and you've had this on standby for 12 years. Yeah, I've had, I've, uh, I've had, well, I self-published my first book. Um, okay. I'm doing, I'm, working, I'm doing that now. I'm doing my first yeah. book. Yeah. The, the publishing industry is not real easy to get into. And so um, that book had a, a fair share of poetry, which is difficult to publish. Okay. And um, then I grew for 12 years and uh, life changed and a lot of things happened. And uh, I wrote Success Equations. Actually, Entrepreneur wanted me to write it. And I ended up publishing with someone other than Entrepreneur Media. Mm -hmm. And then they contracted me very quickly for another book. And now I have another two in the lane. Okay. So loving yourself is the one coming out in April. No, but it's your oh. family. Oh, so, okay. Hold on a I, uh, I'm actually going to cheat. Ladies and gentlemen, again, just go to her website because I'm on it right now and you just click on book and, and all the yep. books are right there. There it is. But it's yep. your family, success yep. equations yep. And, and loving yourself. There we yep. go. Okay. That's perfect. Awesome. Well, and, and cool thing is, do you know that Amazon has a thing called influencer pages? I've heard of this. I haven't done it yet. So I have one. So I'll make okay. sure that at the end of our session today, I'll add these into my library because awesome. I, I always like did it anyway. But then once I was able to figure out how to build an Amazon influencer page, you just submit the request. Amazon approves you. So when people click on the Amazon banners on livethefuel.com, they all go to my influencer page. And there I actually have a books section. And then I have like a gears section because like gear, well, being an athlete, we, Got have, it. we have really good gear. 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 I've got a lot of gear too. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So I know. When, you, when you find that sweet piece of gear, whether it be like the best ski jacket or running, running shoes, whatever, I was like, you know what? If I bought it through Amazon or I, I know it's on Amazon, I'm going to add it into that influencer page. So if I bring it up on the show, people can go and find it. So absolutely. Hoka shoes. I'm there. all about Hoka. Ooh, there you go. I haven't heard Hocus. that. In a while. You're going to run, run with Hoka's. I'm a Vibram five finger guy. So ah, I've, seen, yeah, I've heard of those shoes. Yeah. I've been doing that for years when I was doing all the trail running out in Arizona. So uh, it makes your feet strong. So yes, I'm sure. <laughs> but wait, let's, let, let's get back into it. So, but it's your family. Okay. Uh, I can actually relate a little bit to this. A lot. Of, it's funny because in the podcasting world, one of the no-nos they say is don't talk about like your personal life or your family sometimes. And I can, I say that's complete BS. Uh, I I've, I, I've grown in two and a half years of podcasting to accept the fact that the more transparency we can have in life, I truly believe the better. Now, granted, you don't rush right into it. You learn what to say, what not to do right away. But the point is, is I, I truly believe for, for our audience, it helps, it helps us become more approachable. It makes us more real. I like agree. I, I do a lot of crazy stuff like heli skiing wedding. Hello. But it doesn't make me like cooler than anybody else. It just means I've taken a few more risks 
And I'm just further down the timeline, as I like to put it. I'm just further down the timeline, thanks to my prior risk-taking opportunities. So you taking a huge risk on unplugging yourself from your family. Yeah. They, they were a toxic, is a key word I, I've noticed in a lot of your content. Yeah. They were a toxic influence on you. So let's, let's talk about that because this is, this is important. Yeah. So toxic abuse, you know, I didn't want to use all the psychological jargon of listing every single personality disorder that's out there is that, you know, my, my family members are not mentally ill. They're not addicts. They're truly character disordered. Um, it's very hard to prove toxic abuse. It's more like a chemical that you drink and you don't feel the effects right away, but as it trickles through your system, you're finding that you're very poisoned. And um, I was the scapegoated child. I was not the golden child. And so it was a very different life for me than probably for my sibling. Um, but so toxic for me, so detrimental to my self-worth, so many limiting beliefs created. And it was crazy making. I can't prove a look of disgust on someone's face and I can't prove a tone of voice. Everything could be gaslighted. And I literally grew up feeling completely headspun and that convinced that I was the problem, that there was something so fatally flawed about me wow. that it was unfixable and unlovable. But the, was this from both parents? Oh, yeah. So this was so that I've heard of stuff like this before, but usually I hear it's like more one-sided versus the other, but this was literally like a team approach. Team approach, including my sibling. And your sibling. Yes, oh, as adults. As adults. As as children, we we were very close, but not as adults. So as you got so this is interesting. So as you guys aged. Because uh, I was only able to skim over the book. I try and there's just so many authors now that come on the show. I, I'm trying to play catch up. And get, I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I used to be able to read everybody's books first. Now I'm like, oh, I'm still playing catch up. So this is crazy because a lot of this, a lot of people talk about the influence on the youth, right? And, yeah. and I care a lot about that. Even though we don't have kids and we don't want kids, uh, we're going to be the cool aunts and uncles. So I, uh, and I think that's just from years of coaching. I just don't like kids. Uh, they're, it's cool. Okay. they're cool it's until okay. they get annoying and then I just give them back. So, uh, but we'll still be the cool aunts and uncles. But the point here is that this, this didn't start in your childhood. This was in a, a, this was more of an adolescent or more adult influence. Uh, no, I mean, my parents were toxic always and, oh. and, but my sibling and I were surviving together at some point. Uh, together, there was a great separation between how he was treated and I was treated. So, uh, but it, it was because of your sex. I think that one of us would yeah. just was easier to narcissistically feast off of. Wow. And that one wasn't me. Mm -hmm. So I was probably more sensitive. I had a much harder time with all the changes. They each married multiple times. I struggled with that. Uh, he was an or is an incredible athlete, um, and that that allowed him to really one escape probably the the toxic system a little bit more than myself, and two, he was getting uh, other influence of adults on him that were probably more positive, and it also made my parents look phenomenal because they were his parents. Mm. Uh, I didn't have that. And in fact, I was angry and I was acting out and screaming the truth. And, you know, I was just continuing. People didn't believe you. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting how you're connecting this to the athleticism piece because that was one thing I was going to bring up is that I highly support, you know, health and fitness from so many different angles because I truly believe it does help fortify your mental strength. And this is, we can get into the tech, you know, the technicals of serotonin levels and all those other sure. stuff. But the point is, is that, 
yes, one of the great things about athletics, and if you have amazing coaches and amazing team environments to get involved with, is that, as you just hinted, it gives you other circles of influence, right? And so are you saying that he might have had more of those because of his level of athleticism than, than you oh, had? Yeah, I mean, he was a professional athlete. So uh, now I was an elite athlete, very elite. I was a very elite ice skater and I was a state yeah. athlete in track and, and, you know, other things. And Colorado is not much more to do than be outside. So, but I was not famous, you know, and so I did not make my uh, parents look as good. Also, he was easier to raise because he kept all his, in my opinion, he kept all of his emotions in. Bottled up. Uh, and I, I didn't, I was screaming him. Well, the, 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 the fear factor I have there is, has any of that ever finally started trickling out yet? Because I mean, again, I don't, I'm not a PhD, but I, I know the importance of eventually dealing with these issues and working through them. And if he's sure. kept them bottled up all these years, that's a powder keg waiting to blow. Well, here's how I'll put this. In my opinion, yes, I had to cut ties with him. So I'll, I'll let that. That's a shame. Yeah. 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 Yes. In my opinion, it has. I, 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 find, uh, I found that I could not tolerate being around, around him. Well, I can believe it. You, I, I, to be fair, you're a PhD and you've studied this professionally. So, and obviously yeah. you have a personal connection here. So that's yeah. pretty wild. Uh, so obviously you've never hidden it. You've actually shared it openly. Yes. Um, yes. So and it's cost me to lose my family sharing it. My uh, first book that I self-published was the end of, of my relationships with them. That was, I was going to get there. I was like, what was the breaking point? And this was you yeah. putting it on paper. That's scary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, were, were you afraid when you did that? Uh, no, because in that first book, they knew I was writing it. And okay. uh, my mother actually helped finance, financially support some of it. And they all knew it was coming out. So they blasted me on my birthday, uh, absolutely emotionally annihilated me for writing it and just shocked my system. But she helped pay for some system. of it, right? What'd you say? Didn't you say she helped help uh, like yes. sponsor it or pay for it? So she yes. knew it was coming. She knew it was coming. And she knew the content. She refused to read it, uh, but she knew the content. And so... See, now that's straight up hard the term psycho right there. I'm like, wait a minute, you right? know, it's coming. You help pay for it. You basically yes. build the bridge yes. and then you go and just blast me about it. Like, well, my dad read it. Um, my father actually read the most painful pieces of it, which were the poetry pieces, not the self-help pieces. Um, you know, I really was out of touch with my brother uh, on, on, on not like no contact at that point, but we hardly talked or saw each other. The more I succeeded, the less we seemed to speak. So I feel like, um, you know, he got involved in it and it was gang up warfare. And so um, that, and they chose my birthday to do it. And the book had been already published since December and my birthday's in April and they waited until that day. So to me, that is calculated narcissistic abuse. And I felt completely head spun because it was my knowledge that they were all supportive of it. Now, obviously, but is your but it's your family. You have a schedule for April 9th. Does that happen to be your birthday? Yes, it does. Mm, so this is you firing back. <laughs> and no, actually, it fell no? on that day. Oh, it's literally books, you didn't books plan. Books are that. Re, books are released on Tuesdays, and they wanted it to release in spring. And they said, "How about April 9th? And I was like, <laughs> "Uh, well, that just so happens it works out." 
<laughs> so for me, because I really am not seeking any type of revenge. There's no hitting back. I have no desire to engage. That's exactly what they want. Mm. I thought it was more you very know, special. Gonna, come on. You know they're going to take that. They're going to they're gonna see that. They're, 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 without them oh, doing yeah. the research. See, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing it here right here right now. <laughs> it, it accidentally showed up on April 9th. That's all the publishing company. But what I'm hearing is I, I, I truly believe I don't know your parents, but what I'm, I know about narcissism, what, what it sounds like they've done to you, they would totally see it that way. Probably would see it that way. No, I had a choice. I could have changed it from my birthday. But I thought, how amazing for me to have my publishing date, my pub date, and my birthday be mm -hmm. the same day. I'm not changing anything for them anymore. No, do it for you. You know, yeah. it's, it landed there. It landed in the spring. They wanted it in April. They were like, what about this or this? And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's my birthday. For me, it was so special because it felt like coming full circle. Yeah, that's what for I'm getting me, off of it. This full circle moment where... I lost my family on one, but in the next one, I'm, I've gained myself in the time of that loss, right? Yeah. I've done a lot of work in this time, a lot of mourning, a lot of grieving, and it was so special for me, and I got the contract on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so it was just all very serendipitous, very special for me, because I just felt like it was a message like, you're good, you're good, it's all good. So how many years in between them thrashing your birthday and now? I was 42 and I'm going to be 48. Okay. So about almost six years then. Okay. So six years, but it was harder for me to let go of my mother. Uh, I, it took me three more years. I, I reestablished contact with her after about two months uh, due to another, uh, you know, very upsetting thing that had happened in my life that I didn't expect. Okay. And I have a very small family, so I don't have a cousin yeah. and, you know, I don't really have a, a whole lot of, family it's it's been the four of us and so we, we have that in common i don't have a huge family so. yeah, i don't have a huge family my parents are divorced but um you know i reached back out to her uh and she you know she history is that she loves it when i'm broken so um and once i rise again it seems to be where it it um it falls apart so it took me four more years to to cut that tie well i, I love it because actually i'm gonna screen share this again here i'm on your instagram and uh the one quote, actually, I think it's like three posts ago as we were, as we're recording this. Here on, yeah. just, there you go for YouTube. Don't waste your life waiting for yeah. someone to change. <laughs> Amen. It's ringing true right here, right now. I love it. Yes. Love it. Yes. And as a child, you don't know that your parents are in need of change. You don't have the ability to process that in your brain yet. It really takes until you're in your adulthood to recognize what toxic is. I knew things weren't right as a kid. I knew, but I couldn't explain why. Hmm. I couldn't explain why. And if I did, it would get gaslighted and turned around on me. Okay. And again, you, you actually had hinted earlier in the show, you said something about the, the scapegoated type of lifestyle. So a lot of things just fell to you, right? If there was yeah, a fallback the, the or mistake, Yes. Is, is the person in the family who acts out all the family dysfunction? And the scapegoat's also the strongest person in the family, also the most sensitive. And so we That's act out all the family dysfunction, so none of them have to feel it. Anything bad happens, it all gets blamed on us. That's me. <laughs> so good. A, I mean, you, you be, I mean I'm, a, I'm a middle child. So oh, there you go. I have, I have an older sister, younger brother. I think it's almost, I think I read that somewhere. It's like almost a guarantee that the, there's a, that classic, they call it the middle child syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is that really true? And I'm like, no, it is. 
I mean, it's, you're saying it right now and it just makes me smile. Like, yeah. 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 Us scapegoats. We know another one, you know, once we hear what it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always that one too. We're the only one that will actually question the system. See, um, the golden, yeah, the golden child will stay stuck forever because they, they need the admiration. They need their position. They need to be the only success in the family. They have to guard that position very carefully. So any rise from the underdog, you know, which I, in, in terms of success, I think there's no better place to be than an underdog. Mm. So I started off as the underdog and I had to really come into my own. But for me, it did mean that I had to cut ties. I could not be healthy in an environment that was poisoning me. So people hearing all this, right? Like, I, this is why I'm glad you and I are connecting on this so much because like we're laughing about it, but let's be real. There's, this is, can be very, very painful for people who, oh, who are yeah. hearing this and it's going on. But I also truly believe that I think you and I, as I hinted earlier, are just at a different place in the timeline, right? We just have, we've had other experiences to help us build ourselves up stronger. And, and let me be fair. I am not ripping on my family right now. I am not in the same situation as you, but I think all people realize that throughout their childhood and lives that there's usually a few hiccups along the way and sure. there's usually some blaming and some scapegoating. So, sure. so I, I think there's different magnitudes. You are yeah, definitely, definitely high on the spectrum. Yes. Very <laughs> um, high. <laughs> so people hearing all this, uh, I mean, obviously you, you have the books to explain it and help people understand it, but uh, from a podcasting standpoint, like what are your, how do you share and help people understand this from the different tiers, right? Because some people might hear this, well, I'm not at her level, so I don't have to worry about that much. I just let it, I just wash over it or I let it get brushed under the rug. And I truly believe in dealing with stuff. Like I don't like it getting brushed over and passed aside. Like we got to well, deal. It doesn't with it. work. I did that for a long time. That doesn't work. I tried low contact, you know, where I just saw them a lot less. And mm-hmm. then when that was still too much, I tried cordial contact and this is all described in the book, that still didn't work for me. Some people it can, you know, um, I think who's in the most pain is the 16 year old who can't get out, but knows the parents are toxic. And what strategies do they use to keep themselves safe, right? So I treat a lot of those kids too. But really too, I mean, I cutting ties for me was not about hurting my family or hating them. I do love them. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. So, but I love them. Okay. So well said, well said. I have no desire for revenge. I only have desire for my own redemption. It's not about them anymore. And my book really isn't about them. It's about going from a victim to a victor for the person who is that person who has to cut ties. I don't care if they look at these books. I don't care if they read my books. I don't care what they do. They're, they're going to call me a liar either way. So I already know the result, but I put no contact boundaries up, not to hurt them. It has nothing to do with them. Hmm. I did it to protect me. It's only to protect me. I don't hold hate. I don't hold bitterness. I don't have time to carry that in my life. But what I do is I accept them for exactly who they are. And in knowing that, I have property lines up. I want to keep the good in and get the bad out. See, what I'm hearing there, I like that. Because the acceptance piece, at least... I don't want to, it kind of draws the line in the sand, right? It's like, listen, yes. I, I, all right, I'm done passing out all this excess energy. Let's draw a line in the sand. This is where you are. This is where I am. Now we can at least accept it and I yes. can keep living my life. I'm not going to stop loving you as a person. Sure. I just don't have to deal with you anymore. <laughs> That's exactly it, right? Yeah. You put the state of the relationship into an active state of silence. 
Mm. It went from actively communicating to actively not communicating. Mm. And that has been my freedom and my liberation. And it has gifted me with the time and the space to heal wounds that are not constantly being triggered and to have a life outside of this dynamic where I'm not being infused with limiting beliefs all the time, even from a look on the face or a tone of voice or whatever, not, not being asked how I am. It's, it's, you know, I'm called uh, only to be in the audience of the person calling me. Mm. So, you know, there's, there are those things where I have rights and um, I'm not, no longer under their direction. I don't need them for food, home, and shelter. And I tried every form of contact known to man before cutting ties. And I found that the active state of silence was going to be my best option for my healing and to not bring any of this toxicity into my own family and the generations below. I love that because what's ringing in my head, and I'll be intrigued to see if you connect on this. Are you a fan of uh, energy and flow states? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, then you and I are going to vibe again. <laughs> when you, because uh, you're, you're the clinical, so you can give me the professional version of this. Sure. I have learned over the years, and I'm still learning. I'm not perfect with this. There's no such thing as perfection. We're just at a, a constant state of learning. So when you dwell on something and yeah. you keep letting that toxicity allowed into your life, or you, see, you keep saying, well, I'm going to keep giving them a chance, keep giving them a chance, or, well, that's okay, I'll just let it go. You're literally giving away your power, and Completely. you're giving it to people who don't deserve it. And it's like well, you're giving it to people who don't even use it for good. They use Ooh, it for power. I yes, I love this. Go. <laughs> yeah. They're using your, they don't really have a power on their own. They're not deep. Mm. So what they want from you is your attention and emotional reaction. So every time you acquiesce and you give a little piece of your power to them, they use your power against you. They yep. use it to hurt you. And then you're left really feeling empty and void and they are right and above reproach and everything else. And you're convinced if you go in with the right points, they're the right facts at the right time with the right tone, that maybe this time they'll get it. And they love watching you lose your power to trying to convince them of, of who they are. They already know who they are. They're not going to admit it. Hmm. So when you stop that game, and you stop, there's no closure with toxic people. Closure only comes when you decide it's closed. They're because not going to validate to you. It's an addiction to them. They, yes. They're getting a high yes. off of your turmoil, your torture, your, again, the release of your power through emotion. Yep. They're just getting a rise out of you. So you're This just, is why they chose my birthday. Of course. Right? They, the want, day they, that, they, they, they went for that big, that big poke, that big stick, you know? Yes, yeah. yes. Which no remorse. Harsh. So harsh. No remorse. In fact, my mother was looking at me across the dinner table. And when I looked at her, she was looking at me curious, no empathy, but just like, gosh, I wonder if I pushed her too far this time. <laughs> like, how far did, did I lose or my cat You want to see how emotional you can guess. She's she, she probably fighting off a smile if she's that crazy. I don't know. Sorry. I don't, I don't know. Well, I kidding. was wrecked. Yeah. Uh, wrecked, just wrecked, shocked. I cried all day. The, 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 it was awful. She was with me in person, my father and brother on the phone. And it, it, I mean, do it the day before, day after even, but to land this on my birthday about a book that had already been out for four months mm. is insanity. And it shows you there is intent. I can't prove that intent. They'll never admit to it. 
but I know it. Let, let's let's connect on basic human de decency. Thank you. It's like, okay, people who aren't even your bloodline do this to other people. They purposely yes. pick stuff like this. Like, this is your own parents. Thank you. Like, I'm like, come on. I know I'm the outsider looking in. I'm like, dude, it's your own parents. If anybody should be able to hit a pause and say, you yeah, know, let me do it like a day or two before it, or just wait until after. No, I'm just going to go ahead and stab it right in there on the actual birthday of my child. That's that what I'm saying. Messed up. Messed up. So messed up. And um, when I had reached out to my mother, you know, a few months later, her remark to me was, I thought I was never going to hear from you again. Duh. So that, that tells me that she was never going to mend the fence. She didn't care. He didn't care. Yeah. Because if care. anything, if you, if you had uh, decency in your being, and let's yes. say you allowed your, she allowed her emotions to get the best of her and her self-centeredness to get the best of her. I would think a couple of days later, you'd, be, you'd have like some guilt or some resolution happening. It's like, oh my God, what did I do? You know what? I need to put the olive branch out there. I need to reach out to her. Like, I feel like a complete POS. Um, Never. You know? Never. And our, what ended our relationship certainly was not our biggest problem. It was not our biggest fight, but after this 42nd birthday, I, I, I've never felt the same. And then she acted out out here again and I was just done. And after that one, she reached out to my ex-husband who she hadn't contacted for 10 years and wanted me to call CPS and all this stuff on him and wanted to forge a relationship with him to see my daughter behind my back without my permission. Oh man, that is, that is just bad juju. I mean, that's and she sends me a Christmas present and a birthday card every year. Okay. If you're unplugged, you're unplugged. What do you, what do you think that's going to do? A card? Really? I think, because she I think can around. run around and say, I try, I'm trying. Uh, uh, she's so before. mean. Mm -hmm. She, she's holding a grudge. So, again, her smear campaign and people believe her. <laughs> you know, this, it's crazy. This goes, back, this goes back to that transfer of power. And yes. uh, do, do you ever deal with people going through divorce? Oh, all the time in my office. So, it's so ugly. You know, I, I care about my friends. I'm not going to say, but I have, a, I have a few friends going through either breakups and or divorces, right? So I'll mm -hmm. keep it very generalized. My point here is that move on. Because like, once they get lawyers involved, the lawyers ruin everything, right? Because yeah, lawyers, yeah. lawyers are going to drag it out because that keeps yes. increases the consultations and keeps increases their money. Dude, yes. once you get a lawyer involved, it's all about getting paid. I'm sorry. Yes. And I have friends that are lawyers, so I'm not trying to rip on the profession. I'm just saying how it is. My it's point is, is when you're dragging stuff like that out, mm -hmm. once again, you're just giving away your power. Like, dude, cut the ties. Draw the line to say whatever you got to do. Give what they want. Take what you want. You have so many years ahead of you to rebuild whatever monies, properties, blah, blah. It's all possessionary crap. Like if you're a successful yep. person, you can make yep. more money. Like I, yep. could be break, I could be broke tomorrow and yep. I know how to make money. That's right. And That's people, right. And the U-Haul isn't going to go behind the hearse. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it becomes about ego. You know, yeah. in divorce, when I'm watching divorces go by, my most wealthy couples, whoever is more ego will split hairs over pennies.
I'm, I'm seeing that going through my office right now with a certain couple um, and just vicious. They're, I, they're meaner to each other than prison inmates, I, I swear. So the, the, the wife that I treat is not, but the, the husband is just evil, mm. evil. And he's splitting hairs over pennies. And it's, it's really it's interesting. He wants to win. It's because he wants, he wants all these little wins. And I'm like, you know what the biggest win is? When you finally complete it and the, the documents are signed, and you both can finally move on and move forward. The longer yeah. you drag it out, you're literally keeping yourself stuck in, yes. in a place that you don't want to be. Yeah. And then you're acting out. I'm like, guys, move forward. Like you're you're yeah. you're giving your you're giving all of your power to your significant ex other, and you're the other person's doing the same. But then once you get lawyers and you're giving them the power, and there's all this exchange of power, and you have none. Yes. Like if, yeah. you, if you truly want to rebuild a new life without your supposed ex-lover, then go build the new life. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. They get so focused on the old. Now, toxic people are this way, whether they're parents or spouses, they will be more committed to you in hate and competing with you than, than they will ever be committed to you in love. So when I establish no contact boundaries, all it does for my toxic family is they're going to compete. They're going to compete with me. Well, they're going to be more silent or they're going to show me that no doesn't matter. They manipulated me recently with a family trust. I walked away from that. I walked away from the whole thing. I thought, well, they, they thought they were going to get you. It, yeah. They tried to starve me back. They would rather do that than apologize and just say, Hey, you know, this has gone too far. I, I have played my part mm -hmm. and I'm very, very sorry. You know, what do we need to do to repair this? I'll do anything. Right. Uh, and that will never happen. It will never happen uh, because they're interested in the win. They're not interested in a connection. They thought they had something over you. Parenting. Sure yeah. they did. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. No, I've realized I'm very, very, very successful on my own. You can try and hold it over me, but if yeah, that's what you're going to do, then I'm going to walk away because I'm giving you my power and that's a distraction. You're busy being yeah. a successful author. You have your practice. It's like, yes. that's just a distraction. Well, so, what happened is I feel energetically they served as a dam. It was like there was this dam and it was blocking all this opportunity because I was so consumed with wanting them to love me and accept me and, you know, and, and, you know, feel like I had something. And when I let it all go, I landed two book deals. That's very hard to do, by the way, because they don't typically sign you until they see how your first one sells. Right. I got a book deal without even having any, uh, insight into how success equations is going to sell. Very, very uh, law of attraction esque going very. on, here, right? Right. And it's so true because my, uh, you know, my body and all that stress and depression and anger and confusion was just shooting out neuropeptide after neuropeptide. Oh, really, cortisol levels and ugh. yes, just really making my my you know my frequency probably very dense and not penetrable. You know, so when I felt free. I felt free. I felt scared, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, but I felt free. It's very strange to not have the idea that there's someone there to catch you because there isn't for me. But then so, once, you, once you've allowed that, uh, that fear, once you allow yourself to embrace that fear and you allow, yes. you allow yourself to pass through that process and, you're, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's not a big deal. It's like the first time you go skydiving, right? I don't know if you've done it. Yeah. I don't no. many times, but it's like, dude, like just, just fall forward. All right. Trust your partner. You're tied off to some dude. You know, sometimes they're smaller than me because I'm six foot four. It's oh, like, <laughs> I got this, I got this little dude tied on my back, you know, <laughs> like, hey, like just trust the process. He's a pro. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it was definitely like jumping off a high dive. I mean, it's, 
it's very surreal and probably not even possible to explain to somebody who has even a minimal connection what it is like to have zero connection. Uh, one, socially, it's very strange when people ask me about my family. Uh, there's all kind. book two is about all that. Mm. But, you know, as soon as I jumped, I, I, I was caught by so many wonderful, wonderful things. I met a, a really amazing man that I'm with. I landed the two book deals and I have a waiting list outside. I can't even keep up with it. So it was, I was able to turn my pain to positive and I think the beautiful thing about doing that is um, I was able to, in fact, in this book, there's formulas or emotional equations in there that I, I live by those. And if I can find my way to uh, selfhood and self-love and minimal stress and surviving alone, then I really believe anybody can. And that's why I write. I want to bring value. I want people to be curious. Like, well, what would it be like for you if you actually had a formula to, oh, there he is. <laughs> if I, you that's actually, why I'm screen sharing. I'm like, yeah. I saw him on Instagram. Yeah, he's really special. He's really special. Uh, and you know what? His family's really special to me as well. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. So it, it's, it's just been a really wonderful experience because I'm, I'm not alone. And let's say, you know, he and I didn't work out. I still would be okay you know, because I really now know how to do it. And I have so much wealth in my life and I have such an amazing purpose. I turned these predators into a purpose. Mm -hmm. I just changed the P. I went from predators to a purpose. And so if this is my gift and this is why they were in my life, then this is the purpose they were in my life for. I now can share that um, and, and do whatever I can to help people like me. Well, I, I think the, the great way to sum up that little last section is that you just reinforce the importance of when you disconnect people from your life that are just holding you back, you free yourself and that energy up to allow the new relationships in and the ones that are meant to support you and, and allowing you to support them, right? It's like, if you're distracted by all these toxic relationships, uh, there's only, we only have so much to get all techie. We only have so much bandwidth. It's like an internet flow, right? There's only so much. It's, only so much to, it's like, I can have the biggest internet pipe coming into this house possible to run a podcast, right? But yes. between five and 7 PM when people are coming home from work and everybody's tapping into their internets in their houses, there's only so much bandwidth coming from the provider. Okay. Yes. So there's only so many relationships that we support. There's, you're going to sooner or later experience some performance issues. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I agree. And, and I, and I, I, it's, it's, it is blind trust and it's, uh, unlike jumping out of a plane, you have to undo all of the toxic programming that you're not worthy, that, that you're, you're a bad person, you're flawed, you're annoying, you're a burden, you know, all the things that I grew up feeling, mm. um, is, is that's been a process of undoing that and, and allowing myself to think differently about myself. Uh, I became sort of an anxious overachiever. Uh, which I love. I mean, I have an amazing purpose, but it, there's that process of, of undoing very deep seated. I mean, these things were parented in me from the day I was born. Hmm. And so those are things I've had to really battle against and figure out a way to love myself and to see those things as just fundamentally just not true, but more about the toxic family members who raised me. Well, and the good thing about this, and I know we've already had pretty much a full show already, but everything that I've heard today, and it, this, I want to make sure this, is, this was spinning in my head by bringing it up that you're hitting on right now, is also, this isn't just the families, right? This isn't just mm -hmm. the bloodline that you've, you've, you've given us such an amazing understanding behind, but it's also 
the work relationships, the personal friendships. It's not just romantic stuff. It's not just, you know, our, the divorces and the, and, the, and the love, but it's like, I've learned that over the years too, since I've moved around the country, like there's friends that I still kind of sort of keep in touch with. There's a couple of people that I've known for over 20 years. And that's very rare because usually throughout my life, I've just had to like, just stop reaching out to people because if, yeah. they, were, if they weren't putting the effort out there, then why should I put the effort out there? Right. It's totally agree. Right. Yeah. Um, but the same thing goes in your professional life. So that's why, obviously, I can see why Entrepreneur wanted you to, you know, <laughs> work with them uh, because these relationships severely impact your yeah. professional success. Well, the number one reason people leave their job is they don't like their boss. Mm -hmm. If it's sick at the top, whether it's corporate America or your family, the trickle effect okay. is it's going to be sick at the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's that chemical we talked about in the beginning of the show that just slowly moves through the system and poisons it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then, then you don't just have a toxic leadership. Now you have a toxic team. So the people that you try and count on day in and day out that you might be working with, now they're, they've been become toxic. And it's just a completely unhealthy situation. Yeah, and the beautiful thing for the victim who, who is the child in this dynamic is, you know, I get all kinds of feedback and positive and negative, and one of those is I'm destroying families. And it's like, I'm really not. How can I destroy a family that's already disconnected? All dysfunction comes from disconnection. Mm. So, you know, I'm saving families below the person who's willing to stop the dysfunction. Yeah. I'm in the business of saving families that have a shot at being healthy. Well, that's a good point because like, hey, look, look at a tree with uh, roots. You got some roots that are tapped into maybe, maybe there's a, a chunk of poisonous soil over here. Sorry, farm kid coming out. And then you got like, <laughs> you got some nice, healthy, un, untainted, beautiful, nutrient-rich soil right here. Yes. Well, you find out that somebody dumped something toxic right next to them, that. That's it. I, I want to dig that dirt out or I'm going to have to cut those roots off because right. I don't want those roots tapping into that poisonous dirt and then killing the tree from one side where the other side's fine. So- that's Again, right. it doesn't always happen, but this is an example. Like yeah. sometimes you got to either cut the roots off or you got to yeah. transplant it, move it, or sometimes yeah. you got to dig out all that toxic crap and throw it out. <laughs> right. And it's not about love or hate. It's about health or not. Yeah. I want to be healthy. I, I have a lot of life to live and I want to be happy. I want to thrive. I want, I, I, it's healthy or not, you know, so it's survival of the fittest for me. I, I needed to do what I needed to do. Some people can still remain healthy you know, toxic is probably on a continuum of, of, you know, mild, moderate, severe. Each person listening needs to decide where they're at. Uh, read my book. It will help you to, to decide those things. And then success equations, that book is, those are the formulas I live every day. You will love that book. I have coachable moments all throughout the book. My favorite I, movie. I do like it when there's coaching trickled through. I do like that. Yeah, there's coaching trickled through success equations all throughout. They're, co they're called coachable moments. Mm. Um, and the reviews on this book are incredible. And the bottom line is that we all need a coach. You're going to feel like you have a football coach, a spiritual teacher, a shrink and a friend in this book. So <laughs> it's a, it's a fun book to read. And these are the equations I live to book that, that make me, me. And I live them every day and it's based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And then I made up my own equations. Well, and I think that's what happens in life is as we, you know, you have to look at the, the philosophers and the people who founded, you know, all this, all these thought processes years ago, but then it takes influencers like you to then not really reinvent them, but kind of restructure them and reformat sure. them to fit what matters to you and what matters to people yeah. who need the help. Yeah. And you know what? You use them in a way that is conversational and, you know, and you, you look at, 
you know, some of my favorite movies, and they were quoted. I mean, Rocky one through four. Come on, how can those not be the best movies? Um, I love Rudy. I love Jerry Maguire. Gladiator is just probably my all-time favorite movie ever. And I'm a girl, you know, but I love this underdog athlete. You're an athlete. That's why. Yeah, I know, right? And I and I love the overcoming. You know, the pursuit of happiness uh, with Will Smith is just a beautiful movie. There's, beautiful movie. Beautiful. Right? It's, it's in all of us. You know what I mean? And how would it feel to you? I mean, don't you want that? Like, yes, I. I want to feel that resilience in, in me. And, and, you know, my books offer that path. I, I, I love the fact you're talking about those movies because like, it's not just those movies, but I like that with certain documentaries too. Again, sure. maybe it's because my middle, middle child thing going on in my head, but I love the underdog story as well. I love to see that achievement. And yeah, sorry, tough guy from a firefighter might shed a tear once in a while when that movie's really rocking. So I'm uh, like totally pathetic in all the movies. I mean, I really am so pathetic. I even love Rambo First Blood. Like I just, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. On a, I was sick the other weekend and my boyfriend's like, do you just want to watch movies? And I'm like, yeah, let's watch Gladiator. And he put it on Facebook. He's like, no joke. Like these are, this is what she wants to watch. He's like, I'm a lucky man, yeah. you know, because I just really love, you know, I feel like I want to get up and, 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 and go do something productive, you know, depression really comes from inactivity. Action equals happy. You don't have to be an athlete. You could take a 20 minute walk, have mm -hmm. a purpose, read a book, but you know, active equals happy. If you're in a toxic family, you can live your whole life so depressed and believing limiting beliefs and you have to distract your mind from that. You have to go do something else. You're so much bigger. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful to have the formulas to know how to get there? You know, so I have those for you. They're in my books. There you go, people. Success equations. And don't forget the first one, obviously. Okay. Loving yourself first. Then it's success equations. And then obviously April, it's gonna be but it's your family. And this will be released in April, by the way. So this will this will uh, time in well. So I'll make sure all and this that stuff book has dropped as a number one new release already in four different genres. Already? Come on. Already. And it uh, hasn't even hit paperback yet. So it's I exciting. It. Well, it's and actually you already have it on Amazon, so people can uh, basically Here's a little quick little lesson, ladies and gentlemen. When you see a book and it's technically not released yet, you can go ahead and buy it. You basically are yeah. on the waiting list. I, I did that for my friend's cookbooks. It's I'm waiting for it to come out. I bought it like four months ago. <laughs> so because yeah. uh, I'm a fan of supporter and she's also a voiceover professional and she did the voiceover for the show. So you gotta support your friends. So nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you got paperback and Kindle. Uh, so they can already pre-buy it on Amazon. They can pre-buy it, yep. Yeah. And again, so I'll make sure all these books are on the influencer page. And Super, then, but I'll, I always direct link the books into the show notes on the blog article too. So that way people don't have to worry about, they just click there. It's going to take them right to Amazon anyway. Um, but, but let's sum up this show. Okay. We, this has been awesome content. Uh, you and I have connected so well. We have more. I know. <laughs> it's like you're my, like my long lost little athlete friend. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm 41. So it's, I'm not the, uh, the youngest kid on the block, but I'm not old yeah. yet. It's okay. I'll be 48 here soon. So a couple of weeks. Well, you're doing great. So thank you. I would not have uh, placed that. So, uh, oh, good. but my, my wife, uh, made me shave my mountain man beard off that, that I grew <laughs> pre-wedding, uh, because she's like, it literally makes you look like 10 years older. You have too much white hair in the chin, just shave it off. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you look good. Thank you. And they, and they, they say, you know, this quote of happy wife, happy life. So I figured, you know, Make some sacrifices, shave your face. So, all good. You're gonna have a happy wife. That's the goal. So, because actually, real quick, a little tag, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. 
for years, I was the self-proclaimed bachelor. I don't need love and relationships and yada, yada, yada. And I, I stand corrected on that because we all need love, proper love mm -hmm. after what you share with us today. Um, but I, what I, I always structured it, and this is thanks to my psychology education, is I, I help people understand that. Like, guys, like, I need to be happy in my life first. Yes. I was like, I don't need somebody else to complete me. People do that, and I don't believe in that. I say, listen. Codependency. Yeah, it's not healthy. Like, guys, like, be, be, you don't have to be completely happy in your life, right? But you got to know that, hey, dude, I got this. I'm cool. I tell people all the time when they go through a breakup, I'm like, if you're not comfortable being alone, there's a concern there. Like, spend some time okay. working on you, bullet yeah. you, and then when you find somebody who can actually deal with your BS like I did, <laughs> uh, then you might find a gem, you know, the gem in the rough, so to speak, or the diamond in the rough. And it's like, okay, well then, all right, uh, let's time to add the, uh, and I don't eat cake, but like, hey, let's, let's add the icing on the cake, man. I got the bonus round here. So Yeah, that's right. I mean, work on being, if you have a list of what you want in another person, you have to make sure that you are that list. Oh, nice. That's a good one. I like that. So. Yeah, because you're going to attract where you're, you're at. So you better be the list you're looking for. Ergo, that was her planning of the heli skiing wedding. That was like, she's <laughs> listen, she's just like, I know you don't want to get married, but you know, what if, you know, we happen to do like a, like a heli skiing theme wedding or something. And I'm like, Whoa? like, oh, that's a good what? idea. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a thing. I could do that. Oh, <laughs> I guess I could put a ring on it. <laughs> Let's do it. That's a good wife. <laughs> she was very tactical. Um, <laughs> yes. Good planning. Oh, she's, she's, she's a doctor as well. So she's a, uh, she's a smart cookie. So, but she's Yay. a, she's, she's an equine horse vet doctor. So. Wow. Well, that takes a lot of education. Good for her. Oh yeah. She's a smart cookie. Um, and, yeah. and she's a doctor of chiropractic for animals. So yeah. Wow. I love that. I, I love totally the whole philosophy of chiropractic. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, she, she's, I don't, I don't understand how she's dealing with me, but Hey, we're now been married for hey, two weeks. So. Don't question it. You're all good. <laughs> you got her. You got her. You're got ball and chain now. So that's it. That's it. Let's do yeah. this. All right. Well, so let's sum up the show for the ladies and gentlemen that are listening to the show. So guys, uh, as always, our guest co-hosts help close the show out. This is about your final words, Sherry. So how would you want to sum up? Like, is there, is there an all encompassing message right now over all of these books and the books yet to come? Like your mission, like how would you want to sum things up for people? If you love yourself, your life is going to shift. Oh. And you, loving yourself sounds really super easy. It's really not. You, you have to grind. You know, you've really got to know yourself to love yourself. And you really can't love someone else unless you love you anyway. You'd be giving some sort of a feigned love. But it's okay to set boundaries. You know, boundaries are not to hurt or to harm others. It's just to keep the good in and get the bad out. I love that. All right. So hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye up the air. Ladies and gentlemen, love yourself to know yourself. Okay. That's just only part of what she said because I can't memorize all of it, but I love it because that's what stood out to me the most out of this. But again, this is what yeah. we're all about guys. This is, this is, we're fueling your health, your business, your lifestyle. Please go check out Dr. Sherry's pages. She's on the Instagram. She's on the Facebook. She's all over Amazon. She's got three books. The new book's coming out. By the time this airs, the book will be out, uh, but it's your family. So support her and learn a few things along the way because we will be here as well. So again, ladies and gentlemen, Thanks for tuning in for another Live the Fuel show. We're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. And remember, you too can live the fuel. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.